Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla and as everyone joined by Holly. Hello. And this week we are discussing the Disney classic The Lion King, which was released on the 24th of June 1994 in the US and the 7th of October 1994 in the UK. But as ever, before we go into that, we're just going to talk briefly about where it features in a theme park, as that's the rule of getting on the show. I mean, this has been everywhere, Holly. Right, okay. Okay, so let's kick off with the current one. It's currently in the Animal Kingdom as the Festival of the Lion King, which opened on the 22nd of April 1998, and that's basically... It's kind of a stage show in a ring. Oh, I think I've seen that. Oh, it's been there forever. Yeah. 20 years. You know, I'm not going to bleat on about the Animal Kingdom. We've said our thoughts on that before. But because of that reason, I don't really go there that often. What annoys me a little bit about this show, very interactive. The minute you walk in, you're like, everyone's like, clap along. Blah. Oh, no. Yeah, it's quite long, isn't it? Mm, it feels long. Yeah. I think the problem with The Lion King is it's got so many classic songs. It's probably, other than Beauty and the Beast, it's probably the best soundtrack. Yeah. So they need to cram in a lot of songs. And then because they don't cut out all this ridiculous faffing of trying to get people clapping when they're boiling hot and they just don't need to be doing that, you know, I've just come in here for a sit down. Yeah, nice quiet sit down. I don't want to get involved, thank you. I think you have to be either like Team Timon or Team Pumba and like, whoever makes the most noise. Not interested, I don't want to win. Oh. That, if that's the criteria, I don't want to win. But it also was in Magic Kingdom for a time. It was The Legend of the Lion King, which ran from the 8th of July 94 to the 23rd of February 2002 and that again was a stage show but with puppets rather like hand puppets because oh. the one in animal kingdom is very much like more more in keeping with i guess the west end show or the broadway show whereas it was quite sweet i remember quite liking that one maybe it was shorter i just feel like i enjoyed that one more and that's now where mickey's philomagique show is which is which is very good actually all right i highly recommend if you are boiling hot to go in and watch that for 15 minutes because it's it's funny and it's it's pretty cool and then because i haven't finished yet by the way if you're bored by this just check the show notes and i do tell you where we start talking about the film so you can just skip straight through this it was also in the epcot center called the circle of life which was there from the 21st of jan 95 until the 3rd of feb 2018 so it's literally just gone yeah I don't even remember it, which is shocking because I go to Epcot quite a lot 
but apparently it was an educational film about the environment. So that's probably why I didn't go in it. God, and they've taken it out in the one year, probably, which is, you know, really starting to take off. Finger on the pulse, Disney. <laughs> yeah. No one's interested in the environment in 2018. Let's get rid of that. <laughs> it's in the, it was in, I looked it up because I couldn't believe that I'd never been in it, but it was in, you know, where Soarin' is in that little pavilion thing. I have a real vague recollection of it, you know. Do you? Yeah. Was it good? Well, I mean, I can't remember that much detail. I'd I'd say no. Um, <laughs> this is the problem, though, that, you know, you've got one of the biggest films ever. And the, and it's like, yes, it's, it's, in, it's featured in the parks, but not to the extent it should be. Mm. A bit like Beauty and the Beast, really. Yeah, I mean, it's taken this long to build a Beauty and the Beast land, which should have been done... Years ago, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how long it's taken them to get on board with that. And, and you Who know, knew? it's like Lion King, what, are they still waiting to see if a six, you know, if it becomes a success story? I mean, you know, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, so it's gone from being in three parks to it's only in one. It's only in the Animal Kingdom now. I don't even know if they have meet and greets. Obviously, you can't really meet Simba because it doesn't doesn't work. But they used to have Rafiki around quite a lot. Oh, God. And we'll, we'll talk about him later. Timon, you used to be able to meet him. I'm not sure if they still have that. I don't know. Obviously, you see them in, in the Magic Kingdom parade. They're always on the floats. All of the 90s films really should have a very, very big presence. Yeah. Right. So on to the film. I don't suppose you remember when you first saw it. I think I went to the cinema to see it. Yeah? Hmm. That must have been nice. I definitely didn't see it in the cinema. But I just it's just one of those films you just sort of I just grew up with. So this came out just as I was starting to get like cousins in the family and stuff and my well, he's my the oldest of the youngest, if that makes sense cousin Alex was so obsessed with The Lion King so obsessed that I I watched it I can't tell you how many times and he used to make me play play act The Lion King but I always had to be scarce which involved him scratching me in the face and pushing me off the settee <laughs> I mean I'm glad he doesn't do that now because he's about six foot five but we used to play that game a lot I was never allowed to be anything but scar. And he watched Lion King so much that he kept, like, roaring as if he was a lion. And he did it so much that his little sister, Kiri, her first words were, Rah. She just had this little tiny, <laughs> So her first words were a roar. Aww. Because he did it so often. I remember coming back from me and then got... I think it must have been... It would either be Simba and then his baby, or it would be like Simba and then the dad. Yeah. But like, ma- like it was massive. You know, like we took it on the plane on the way home. It was sort of like, excuse me, like <laughs> you know, taking up the whole of the the overhead locker with this stuffed boy. Oh, that's what Disney's for, though, isn't it? Yeah, and probably like everyone else on the plane was doing the same thing. Yeah, it's for buying ridiculous things that when you get home and actually have it in the context of your house, you're like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. 
It looked great in a gift shop. It's like a great idea at the time. And then you get it home. You're like a dust collector, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So it's an epic opening, isn't it, to uh, to a film, Circle of Life. Probably one of the best openings of a Disney film ever. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And especially at the time, the graphics must have been incredible. I think this was one of the first times that they... I think it was when it was like the chasing scene, the wildebeest and all that. Just so good. And like even, you know, like how the light was shining and stuff. It just looked like it felt quite real. Yeah. Even though it was a cartoon. Yeah, definitely. Really good. And you see Simba being held up by Rafiki at the end of the rock. Iconic, isn't it? Yeah. How did the monkey and the bird get their positions? Uh, you know, I mean, both of those characters baffle me, especially the monkey. So I have no idea. Like, it's just bizarre how they got the, you know, the, the main sort of the big starring roles. Well, he's a, he's a baboon, isn't he, I think? Oh, well, OK. How did the baboon then? Well, no, I'm just saying, is he a baboon? Don't get annoyed. I'm just saying he is a baboon because monkeys are... I think monkeys are quite funny. He wasn't funny. He was nuts. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was a bit weird. I'd have liked some clarity on that, but, you know. He was like the talking tree in Pocahontas. Absolutely mental. <laughs> and yet got a load of respect from people. Yeah, he did. I mean, the guy was off his rocker. I would not have let him near my baby to hold him up in the air like that. Yeah. So we then see Scar who goes to eat a mouse and the bird, is it Zazu the bird? Yeah, and I just thought, would a lion ever, would a lion sort of bother himself with a mouse? That's exactly what I wrote down, because that is the equivalent of us eating a crumb. It wouldn't even touch the sides. <laughs> of an ant, it would be us eating one ant. Not worth it, he wouldn't even bother. In fact, the bird would. The bird would bother. Why the bird stopped him, I don't know. The bird should be eating the mouse. Yeah. The bird should be bothered because it's taking his food. Yeah. Like the lion would be trying to eat a giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> so his brother is the king and he appears annoyed with Scar that he didn't turn up at Simba's, I guess it was like he's christening. And I thought this whole thing was weird. I was just like, why were they so bothered that he wasn't there? Like, you know what he's like. Yeah. Leave him alone. Just let him go be on his own. Yeah, I mean, you can tell he's not a fun Bobby from the start. So, like, why would you expect him to suddenly turn up and, and be happy? Yeah. So he's annoyed he's not first in line to the throne anymore. And I always... When it's brothers, it's kind of like, well... Even when his brother dies, what's he going to get? Two years? Assuming that his brother dies first? If his brother didn't have a child. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, uh, you know, Scar would probably be pretty old by the time the brother died. Oh, right. Sorry, yeah. I would have yeah. just, if I had a bee in my bonnet that much. Kill him early on. Yeah, why would you bother to complicate it by waiting for him to have a baby? Just kill him off immediately. Before he even has a chance to have a baby. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really get this, you know, going on now. Why he ended up with such a ridiculous sort of plan. It's such a flawed plan. And what was his name before he was called Scar? Because he's called Scar because he's got a scar. I mean, that's a bit cruel for a start. No wonder he's got the ump. 
Yeah, like that's all you're known by. And also, why is he English? I've written down. Wow, he's a villain, isn't he? So he has to be. He has <laughs> to be British. Yeah. Because the bird's British, Scar is yeah. British, the dad is American, Simba's American. It just seems very odd. Yeah, like stick to one. Well, yeah, I mean, this was way before Meghan was in the family. Usually, royal families all have the same accent. <laughs> Especially the same family members. Yeah. Oh, incidentally, I've got a little fact. Our last episode had Chris on it, and he, he threw in some killer fact throughout the entire show. So I thought maybe we should up our game. And... Okay, yeah. Scar appears in Hercules as a rug. Oh, must have been quite a mangled rug then. <laughs> After what happened? Yeah. A charred rug. <laughs> so the king tells Simba he will one day be king. And he tells him never go to the shadowy place. I thought this again was very flawed. Roaming around, shadow place might move. <laughs> you know, like there is literally there's nothing there. They're literally in the middle of a desert. He would have been better off saying, you know, like your mum say when you play outside and they're like, don't go past the third lamppost. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like give you give you a guideline. Yeah. And that is basically within their, their eye shot of the window. That's what you should have done. Like don't go past that rock. No matter yeah. where you are, don't go past that rock. Yeah. Very confusing instructions. Especially to a child. And let's be honest, and I like Simba, bit thick. Very. So, you know, you've got to spell it out to this guy. He's not the sharpest tool. Then we get the first song, which I must have blanked out because I didn't have any recollection of this song whatsoever with the bird. What song was this? Well, the bird started singing a song. Did he? Yes. I've written it down. Bird starts singing. Don't remember this. Where was, where was he singing? Oh, I don't know. All around the place. God, I feel really like I really want to know what this bird song is now. Oh, you don't. It's terrible. I mean, it's Rowan Atkinson singing. Hyenas are spotted, so Simba is sent home. He chats with Scar, who tries to provoke him going to where his dad told him he couldn't. And, of course, Simba falls for it. Hook, line and sinker. So he takes Nala, who's his little girlfriend, not literally girlfriend, little girl who's a friend, to find this place. And Zazu has to go with them and tells them that they will be married one day. I, I just thought, again, he didn't really need to do that, did he? Yeah, it just seemed a bit like, do we need to have this conversation now? Like, they're like five. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, we get the first famous song, Just Can't Wait to Be King. Very good song. Great song. But Simba is a bit like, you know, like you said, he's a little bit not all there, you know, and he's like, I can't wait <laughs> to be king. But, you know, he doesn't really seem to think about his dad having to die. <laughs> not all there. <laughs> You know, it's like any consideration to that his dad's going to die. Yeah, that song always reminds me of Disney World. They play that song a lot when you're walking around, don't they? It's a nice, jolly song. It is. You do just want to sing along to it. Yeah, definitely. So they manage to ditch Zazu, but he catches up with them just as the hyenas arrive. 
and they get into a little bit of trouble, but the king comes over and saves them. And I just thought how the dad handled it. It was like, you know, he'd really obeyed him and then he just sort of turned into a bit of a joke. Wasn't even really a moment where it was like, I've told you, you know, what all of these thousands and thousands of acres aren't enough for you. You have to go over there. You have to go and find Whoopi Goldberg. It later cuts back to the hyenas again and Scar turns up and he says that they should have killed the king. Scar then sets Simba up to be in the hyena stampede. Oh, yeah, and then he tells the king that Simba's in trouble. Is that right? Um, yeah. I just thought, why wouldn't you just run? The wildebeest are coming. But, you know, there must be that little... It kind of seems like that little bit they were in only lasted so long. If you kind of were just running at the speed as the wildebeest, which at one point he's doing anyway run along and then dart across at one point you might be all right yeah but the upshot is the king gets killed when scar pushes him off a rock and again it's like why did he need to do that what he gets to be king for a bit but eventually you know simba would be become king wouldn't he whereas if you'd have just done that literally a year earlier you'd have just been the king yeah, that's what I'm saying. Stupid. Got to kill them both, so kill Simba and the king at the same time, or just don't wait for Simba to be born. Stop this faffing. It's just such a long-winded way of going about it. But this scene is very sad where Simba finds his dad mm. dead. Typical Disney, killing off a parent. This is probably, I'd put this up there with Bambi as being one of the most horrific scenes in a Disney film. Yeah, it's awful. It's too much. It's too far. Very, like, emotional. Horrible. Why? Like, I get, you know, you need something to happen sometimes, I feel, but does it need to be so dramatic? A bit later, Scar makes Simba believe that it's his fault and then he orders the hyenas to kill him. Uh, he manages to escape this, but the others don't know. So it's what we're saying about Simba being a bit, a bit simple. Why would he believe it was his fault? I know. It's an open secret that your dad didn't even like Scar. No one likes Scar. So why would you? Why wouldn't Simba go up to his mum and and say, you know, she's hardly featured. Why didn't he go and say to his mum, you know, what is is it my fault? And she could have explained. Yeah, exactly. As if you'd just run away at the age of five. Also, you know, never to speak about it again until very late on. Well, actually, never. I mean, it comes on to it later on, doesn't he? he still believes it. Yeah, mega big lion. He's still going on about it. Yeah. So Scar becomes king and Simba is found by Pumbaa and Timon. Now, I like Pumbaa and Timon. I can imagine you probably hate them because they're remotely jolly. Yes, I... Yeah, hate, hate them both equally. They're just annoying. Okay. They decide to look after him so that he will be on their side when he gets big, which is quite clever. Very clever. Always befriend a lion. I think this was really funny, this line. I thought it was so funny I wrote it down and I bet you hated it. I don't even remember it, but yeah, go on. Well, Timon says he looks blue and Pumba said, I'd say a brownish gold. I know that you love intentional comedy. <laughs> that must have had you in stitches. <laughs> they then sing Akuna Matata, another, another highlight, I'd say, of the film music wise yeah 
Simba joins in after one verse, so he got over his, his woes quickly, didn't he? Very quickly. So Scar and Zazu are talking and they make a dig about Small World, which was quite funny. Yeah, I liked that. Quite self-deprecating, wasn't it? It's not often that Disney laughs at itself. Then it comes back to Simba as an adult. And I have to tell you this, and I have asked her permission. My friend Vicky fancies Simba as an adult. I could say I'd sort of understood it, actually. Oh, stop. (laughs) It's so weird. I get what she means. One is a cartoon. Two is an animal. (laughs) You could just, you could just like tell if he was going to be a human man, he'd be good looking. Oh, the pair of you. I have got some sick friends. (laughs) I just, I get what she means. I do not get what she means. Thank God. What a state the world would be in if we all understood what she meant. Rafiki realizes that Simba is alive. I don't know. He's doing some mumbo jumbo, isn't he? With I don't know. He sort of sniffs the air or something. Yeah, he has a sniff of the air and, I don't know. Something blows him, you know, some grass or something. He looks in a coconut and he's like, Simba's alive. I don't know what's happening. Um, Nala comes along to hunt Pumba, but Simba steps in to save him and recognises her. And then we get, can you feel the love tonight? And did you know, oh, fact number two, This was originally cut from the screenplay and when Elton John sat down to watch the the film before they released it, he had a proper Elton John tantrum that they'd cut Can You Feel the Love and demanded they put it back in. So that's why they they rewrote a lot of this and added this song into it. And, you know, sometimes, like, obviously, Elton can be a right old diva, but it just shows that, you know, sometimes it's right to be a diva. Totally. Not all of Elton's strops are pointless. I think we can learn from that. Yeah. I mean, they should have literally, you know, been calling Elton up, you know, showering him with flowers for the next, you know, well, 20 plus years. Absolutely. She explains that he needs to come back and he shouts up to his dad in the sky and Rafiki rocks up (laughs) and he calls (laughs) Is it Timon that called him a creepy monkey? That really made me laugh. Because <laughs> he, he's not wrong, is he? No, not at all. He tells him that his dad is alive, which is a bit out of order because he doesn't really explain no, it. No, he doesn't. It turns out he means his dad is alive in him. Because when, and every, you know, every time he says that, I mean, even, you know, now, when I've seen it a million times, like especially the first time I remember watching it, being, like, really, like, oh, yes, he's alive. You know, like, like feeling yeah. that. And even, you know, even watching that when he says he's alive, and I, you know, forget, and I'm like, oh, God, is he really alive? And then I'm like, no. It's just a terrible way to word it. It really is. Getting his hopes up, and then he just shows him his own reflection. He's like, yeah, he's alive in you. I'm like, oh, for God's sake. Out of order. So his dad appears in the sky, says, remember who you are, and then talks in riddles. And also, taking him long enough to sort of show himself. I think so. If he knew how bad things were back at home, you know, don't you think his dad should have voiced himself a little bit earlier on? Yeah, he should have appeared sooner and he should have, he could have taken that time. And said, maybe it's not your fault. 
appear earlier and tell him it's not your fault. I love you very much. Go home. <laughs> your mother's by herself. Don't be stupid. Yeah. And eat that walk hog before you go. Yes. It's a long walk back. And you're a lion. What are you doing hanging around with them? Stop embarrassing me. Yeah. So Simba goes back. He gets Timon and Pumbaa to distract the hyenas. And he finds his mum. He then challenges Scar. Scar tells them that Simba is responsible for his father's death. And Simba, still stupid, admits it. Yeah. And also, like, why the mum sort of looks at him like Simba. You're like, wouldn't you have been like, <laughs> you're, what, at five years old, what on earth did you do? Like, even if you did, even if you were playing and you pushed him or did something and sort of knocked him, it would have been an accident anyway. Yeah, I mean, at five, he can't have possibly have done anything that he meant to do to hurt him. He just can't. It wouldn't be physically possible. Yeah. And also, when you see the state of what Scar has made the surroundings, you'd think that his mother wouldn't trust a word Scar said. Yeah, you just would be like, oh, shut up. Yeah, whatever. Look at the state of this place. So Scar gets him hanging off a rock and tells him that he killed his dad. Again, are we, are we shocked by that? You know, Simba, like, wake up. <laughs> the other lions attack Scar and the hyenas attack Simba. And then Rafiki gets involved as well as Timon and Pumba. Scar tries to blame the hyenas. Simba tries to let Scar go. Why? Without killing him. Idiot. <laughs> yeah, I know. And he eventually throws him off a rock. And the hyenas get him. And then the end, of course, is pretty much it's the circle, isn't it? Because it's a circle of life. It is. So the end, as it started, with a baby being held up in the air. And, of course, this time it's Simba's baby. Yeah. Hopefully a bit more intelligent than Simba. Hopefully. Yeah, that's The Lion King. Good film. Yeah. Goes down as one of the top classic films, really. Brilliant animation. Great songwriting, thanks to Sir Elton and Tim Rice. No one remembers him. Nope. It's just Elton. Just Elton. So we've had quite a few shout-outs. We've got Commute Club, says, never seen it, never will. Oh, is that a joke? No. How can you go through life not seeing it? Well, and they've said never will, so I think they're determined. Is that not a bit weird? I think so. Yeah. Our friend Chris, who you can hear us chatting to, discussing Mean Girls on our off-topic episode. So Chris is from Easy Riders Raging Podcast, by the way. And he says, for me, top five Disney, no question. Heartbreaking stuff and dynamite songs. Solid gold classic. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Hellblazer Biz says, love it. Definitely an amazing movie. The musical is actually better in my eyes, but the movie was great. Good mix of villainy with Scar, comedy, action. Great. Wulong Talks said, this is my sister's favourite Disney film growing up. She watched it once a day throughout the school holidays one summer. Great voice acting and awesome songs. Next to the Isle says, one of Disney's best, getting people at peaks. Great songs, not just Disney songs, but great songs. Animation that was groundbreaking, the wildebeest charge, mixing Shakespearean themes with coming of age, iconic and memorable. 
Siam's podcast says, I love The Lion King. Everyone does, right? I took my niece to watch this a few years back at a special screening event to see her react to the film. Reminded me of the first time I watched it. A great voice cast, beautiful animation and awesome soundtrack. This is Disney at its best. Special shout out to John Cammy as the voice of Rafiki. Our friend Maven at GoInformedNet says, I'm sure Holly hates them, but my favourite car- characters are Timon and Timber. Now, you can tell she's genuinely someone that has listened to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she knows you pretty well. It's she says, if everyone practised a little more Hakuna Matata, the world would be a better place. I agree. Sandy Shark, Lion King is such a classic. Who doesn't like it? Well, Commute Club, because they're determined not to watch it. Then they can't really say they don't like it, though. Well, no. But there must be something that's got their goat about it. At Alexander Stennings, who's my cousin that I mentioned earlier, says, best start to any Disney film, the way it builds up, just amazing. A classic Disney song. And last but not least, it's Lyle. (laughs) Simba was such a gullible fool when he believed he was responsible for his dad's death. I'm sure I wasn't that dumb at seven or eight years old. I mean, yeah, he has a fair point. Yeah, I'm with you 100%, Lyle. Okay, so you can find us on Twitter, at Theme Park Films, on Instagram, at Theme Park Film Podcast, or you can email us, themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. We are also the proud creators of Brit Pod Scene, which is a collective of British podcasts. Head to BritPodScene.com for a full list of all the shows we endorse. And follow us at BritPodScene on Twitter, where everything we retweet are the shows that are in the gang. Is there anything you would like to add? Very good film. Perfectly put. So thank you very, very much for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Theme Park Films podcast is part of BritPodScene, a network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com or follow BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more.